Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey everyone, this is Lauren Brunswick, your host of the She Slays the Day podcast. And I just feel obligated to tell you that it is, what is today? April 2nd that I'm recording this. Um, This episode wasn't recorded today. I'm just doing the intro for it, but the episode was recorded last Friday. So um, it's, it's a funny world to be in Podcastville because I had all of this beautiful content ready to roll out in March and then this stuff happened and it just really doesn't seem uh, relevant to talk about anything other than helping you just stay sane um, during this time. So, and you can't, you have to record like everything changes so quickly. So I can't record like four podcasts this week for the next month because who the H knows what's going to happen two weeks from now. So it's keep it keeping me on my toes. That's for sure. Um, so today's episode is, um, so it's something that I turn to and talk to a lot on the show. Uh, you guys, if you've listened to more than one episode, you know that I identify as an Enneagram 3. Um, and I've gotten into a lot of conversations with people who don't know the Enneagram or understand like why it can be important or helpful. Um, but what I'll say is I, when everything started to go haywire with COVID-19, I knew I wanted to get someone who really understands the Enneagram on and to just talk about how this, how each type of person is going to be handling this chaos um, so I can know how to love and support all of the people in my life and just so I can better understand my my behavior. Um, I find that when I am stressed, uh, awareness is the first step, obviously, of going like, okay, you just snapped at your husband because you're stressed. But for me personally, I find a lot of understanding and processing that happens in that next step of going now here's why you're stressed and it's not like because COVID-19 is tearing up your world it's like no you're stressed because of this very specific thing and when I understand that then I understand myself and my behavior more and I am able to like fulfill my needs in a different way that's a little healthier so um so it's gonna be good. It's gonna be really, really good. If you haven't listened, if, you, if you're brand new to the Enneagram, you can still get a ton of information out of this episode. 
Um, if you want, you could go back and listen to episode 24 of the She Slays the Day podcast. Uh, that's kind of like more of an intro into the Enneagram. I think you'll be fine listening to this one. And then at the end, if you're kind of like, huh, I need more, then go listen. So in episode 24, I had Ashton Whitmoyer Ober on, and it was a great conversation, just like breaking down what does wings mean? What happened? What are you talking about going to stress? And it was a really good just overlay general introduction to the um the Enneagram but this one is going to be much more specific I have Steph Baron Hall on today to talk about how each person is processing all of this stress and um, what their underlying fear is and how that's going to be kind of displayed in their behavior and uh, more importantly I think like how you can self-soothe care for other people around you. Um, you know, Curb and I were going for a walk last night and to get ice cream because I'm emotionally coping um, with food. But, uh, you know, I said to him, I was talking to him about a really close friend of mine, one of my best friends, who's very much struggling um, emotionally. And I was talking to him and we we're like, oh my gosh, that sucks so much. And and then I was like, yeah, I really need to call and um, check on my sister-in-law and just see, because, you know, I know she had to shut down her business a couple weeks ago and like see how she's handling things. Oh, and I should really reach out to so-and-so and I should send a card to so-and-so to let them know I see the work. And, um, and I said like, you know, it's just, this is really highlighting for me as a leader, just again, not just because I have employees, me as a, I've said this in previous podcasts, like I am blessed by God to be a woman who has financial security and uh, family stability. I have an amazing family support system and I live in America where I have rights and a place to have a voice. So it is my responsibility to help lead people and help them lead others. And so like, whether or not you're an employer, like right now, you have a responsibility if you feel so compelled to, to help lead. And what that looks like is loving on all the people around you because people are not okay right now. Um, and each one of us is like not okay in our own way. Like many of my friends are not in a situation where their business is going to be shut down um, like permanently, but many of them, their business is shut down and they are having to make some financial decisions. And currently, knock on wood, um, everybody is okay in that they're not in the hospital, but like emotionally, people are not okay. And so what I like about this topic of the Enneagram is you're going to listen to Steph Baron Hall talk about each of the personality types and what kind of how they're coping. And you may not know what your mom's Enneagram type is, but you might be able to figure it out from her description. And then we end each one as we go through the nine of like how to love that person. Because it's kind of like whether if you're familiar with like the five love languages or with this, but like not everybody wants 
you to call them every single day and be like, how are you? And just be a sounding board. Like some people are going to start screening your calls for real if you do that. Um, And not everyone, like some people just honestly want to be left alone. And some people want you to offer to drop off groceries or, you know, like, like I know for me, um, currently one of the ways that my family and uh, and friends are like supporting me is by showing up to my clinic to get adjusted. I, I don't know what it is about my personality and my love language or whatever, but like one of the many ways that, um, but like it shows to me so many things. It shows like they trust that I'm creating a safe atmosphere. That's really important. Like they know that I'm being responsible and they're like putting their health in my hands during a time and like handing it over being like, I'm not supposed to be out but I showed up to get an adjustment and like the amount of trust that it puts around like me, like it almost makes me want to cry. Um, almost, I'm not a crier. Uh, and then second, it also shows me how much they, I'm trying to think of a different word besides believe in chiropractic, understand, that's a better word, chiropractic. And how like, they're showing up because they're like, okay, I trust that you're going to make this safe. But like, they wouldn't show up if I was just cooking brownies. Like, they're like, yeah, okay, I do trust your brownies are safe. But like, I'm not going to risk things for that. But like, they're showing up because they're like, you've taught me that this adjustment is important. And so I don't know how I got off on this tangent. That was weird. But anyway, so like, it just shows you how you can really love all of the different people in your life because people are not super okay right now. Um, okay. We've taken a couple weeks off doing a listener highlight and I, I, I think it's important. I'm going to do it. Um, because our, another thing besides my chiropractic clinic is you guys have shown up. Listeners have shown up in support of our most recent episodes and have just been very, very vocal online about like listening to the podcast like I love seeing your screenshots that you're listening to the podcast while you're quarantining like I I I just love all of you so much because seeing everybody else um, or not everybody else but so many people's lives slowing down a bit um, it's interesting to be like working and still have a podcast and it's like my life hasn't slowed down and so it can be one of those things where it's very easy to be like, oh my gosh, this thing that I'm not getting paid to do, like, should this just take a backseat so I can make sure we're prioritizing? And you just, your messages of like, thank you so much. This is keeping me going. Like this episode was amazing. It was great to hear from so-and-so. Like it is uh, very valuable. So I just want to make sure that since it's valuable to me, I'm doing a listener shout out. Okay, so this one was actually written on March 20th. Um, it's from Dr. Courtney M. And it's titled, Yes, 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 Girl, Yes. <laughs> Five stars. But just in case you're wondering, all the yeses are, she chose an interesting grammatic, like I'm not here to judge or anything, but all the yeses are spelled correctly uh, instead of one long yes girl with an A. So like, I feel like I understand Dr. Courtney in her like grammatical choices just from this. So it's wonderful. Okay. I have searched all over for an uplifting chiropractic podcast. And finally, the search is over. You're adorable, witty, say what I'm thinking. And at just two years into practice, I have been ignited like never before by you. You bring brightness to my morning routine as I laugh, cry and contemplate life. So thank you so much. Um, that is 
Oh, just so great. Um, thanks, Dr. Courtney. I don't know if you have any She Slays stickers, but send me a DM if you hear this, my love note back to you, and um, I will hook you up with some stickers. Just send me your address. Okay, so let's talk about the amazing person that I have on the clinic, on the clinic today. No, on the podcast today. So this is Steph Baron Hall. She's a writer, speaker and certified Enneagram coach. Um, and she's based in Northern California. I'm pretty sure Kirby edited this part out, but she's in Sacramento. And so we had a conversation all about because I'm actually a California girl. Uh, I don't know if I get to call myself a California girl, but I was born in California, lived there for multiple years and went back and would spend like a lot of my summer there for multiple years to visit my dad. So she's in Sacramento and I'm like, oh, I've been to Sacramento a ton. Anyways, I digress. Uh, she founded Nine Types Co. in 2017 and it has grown to be an online community over over 160,000 followers who are all learning about the Enneagram themselves and their relationships together. Steph specializes in bringing clarity to complex concepts and communicating the Enneagram in a way that is relatable and concise so that it can be transformative and accessible to all. So I love that she, and I talk about this, it's kind of one of my first questions. I love this last part of her bio where she says she communicates it in a way that's relatable and concise because I can't tell you how many conversations I have gotten into with people where they're like, oh, I don't know my Enneagram. And I'm just like, oh my God, you have to know your Enneagram. Like it's everything. And they're like, why? And then I go like on this weird long thing, trying to explain it. And then like 20 minutes later, they're just like, so it's like a personality test. And I'm like, oh my God, no, it's more than that. So anyways, she does such a good job. Um, go follow her on Instagram. I'm pretty sure at the end of the conversation, yep, yep, I'm pretty sure we were still recording at that point. She's talking about a new thing that is coming out for um, hiring, or not hiring, but like being a leader and like how you lead a team and understanding their Enneagram. So I'm just super excited about that. Um, and that should be live now. So before we jump into our conversation, let's calm down for a sec. And you're like, I'm calm, Lauren. You don't tell me to calm down. You calm down. I go, that's why I pray so I can calm down people. It's not, uh, and uh, let's pray. <sighs> Dear God, thank you for this medium, um, for people to connect with me and for me to connect with those. Um, <laughs> thank you for podcasting, which is quarantine proof. Thank you for the good that I am seeing come out on a big level um, as industries switch from you know, making one thing to making medical equipment um, on a smaller level as I see businesses that are deemed essential and still having an income uh, keep employees and figure out how they can reach out and help the businesses that were closed in their communities. Um, things like the heart campaign that is showing up where neighbors are showing that like, just the love, the things that are happening in nursing homes, like there is beauty all around us. There's also so much fear around us right now. And I feel like every day that I actually 
slow my roll for a second and prioritize spending time with you, you you have this way, like it's so strange. The Bible has so strange. You're like, yeah, Lauren, it's strange. Ugh, I created it that way. Um, the Bible, it's like it was, there's so many verses in it that it's like it was written for what we are going through right now. Thank you for its relevance. Um, something that is so old and is like so comforting. Um, I promise to try and spend more time with you. I know that you're just like, just spend time with me. Just spend some time with me. I don't want you to be afraid. Just spend time with me. So I promise to make that a priority. Uh, be with everybody listening. Show them the love and beauty that is happening around them. Make them feel safe. Make them know that it's okay to not know what next week is going to be like. This is the new normal. Is that like we have to be uprooted. Uprooted from all of our comforts. And like, I, I don't know if you're behind this COVID-19 thing or not. I don't know. But I do know that you have the power to make beautiful things come and like just absolute transformations in people come out of this. So in your name, we pray. Amen. All right, peeps, without further ado, here is an awesome Enneagram conversation with Steph Baron Hall. Okay, so Steph Baron Hall. Thank you so much for <laughs> during this crazy time where, you know, you have a virtual life. I'm sure you're getting a lot yeah. of requests and things like that. So I appreciate you yeah. giving me this time. Thanks um, for having me. So, okay. The question is ridiculous. We all hate it. We who've been on podcasts, but will you please <laughs> give us kind of like your background, your story. So people yeah. listening know who you are. Yeah, of course. So, um, my, business is called nine types co and basically at this point it's an instagram community of 160,000 plus people who are all interested in the enneagram of personality and growing and communication um but how i got here is kind of fascinating so i actually studied psychology in my undergrad because i was interested in human personality and human behavior and then i started working in an organization that had really great professional development. And I started using the total SDI approach to human personality in the workplace. And I was so fascinated by it. And I was like, this is exactly what I want to do with my life. Mm -hmm. um, and so total SDI is motivation based similar to the Enneagram, but it's more geared toward like corporate um, world, et cetera. Okay. So I was then introduced to the Enneagram by my husband actually. And um, what's your husband do? He is in marketing. Okay. He's a marketing designer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he introduced me to the Enneagram and then I just got super fascinated, of yes. course, because Locked I just in. like, yes. yeah, take every, everything to the next level. And I kind of have this tendency to turn hobbies into businesses. So um, yeah, I just got really interested in it. And now I have this platform where I talk about the Enneagram I also love talking to teams and like organizations um, about how they can communicate better. And I'm getting my master's right now in organizational communication. Awesome. So do you, so you do speaking? Yes. Um, do you do like coaching people on the Enneagram and okay. Yeah. So um, my business first started um, selling coffee mugs. That's like how the whole thing got started. The Nine types co started with coffee mugs. Yep. Yeah. In 2017, right? I saw that yep. in your bio. Yeah. So like, 
you were now you're in California because uh-huh. like right now the Enneagram is hot yeah. <laughs> like um and even though it's this like super old thing was it as like was it popular in California in 2017 or were you kind of like this fringe person like I think this is really neat yeah, it was more like that because, um, well, especially when I first started getting into it, it was before The Road Back to You by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile came yeah. out. And so I think a lot of people were kind of, when I was first introduced was in 2015, and not a lot of people were really into it. Um, like, I mean, obviously people were, but yeah. not yeah. everyone. Yeah. And then, um, have you heard of the podcast Side Hustle School? No. Okay. So it's this podcast, the host's name is Chris Gillibo. And it's like, it started as just like 10 to 15 minute daily little snippets. And he would tell a story about someone who turned their side hustle into a full time income, basically. And um, it was a daily thing. So he would just, you know, talk about this. And I had a job at the time that was a lot of like data analysis Mm -hmm. and very much like visual people. (laughs) Numbers. Yeah. And so I would just listen to podcasts all day. <laughs> um, and so I listened to side hustle school and somebody was talking about, um, making coffee mugs for personality types. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I was going to try and get further into the episode. Yeah. I asked, what is your Enneagram? What type do you think? <laughs> I think you're a three. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. See, I, I am a three and I, I tend to like just gravitate towards bringing threes on. But then I also am like, are you just projecting your threeness on people? So I'm like, maybe she's not a three, but I'm like in my head going like, she's totally a three. Yep. Can I tell you something hilarious though? Yes. Almost all the podcasts I've been on, the host has been a three. Well, that's because you, you like bagged three in one sentence better than I've ever heard I tend to turn my hobbies into businesses like, oh yeah it's such a yeah thing. Mm-hmm. like yeah, I yeah. liked giving advice and I really like uh making people listen to me so let's see podcasting sounds perfect <laughs> there you go okay so yeah. you started with coffee mugs yes and then um about a year later about a year after I launched the mugs um because my background is also in merchandising. So I have like a varied background, but I I did e-commerce merchandising. So I was able to um, really have a really successful first holiday season with the coffee mugs. But then about a year later, I was like, "Uh, I don't know if this is really what I want to do with the Enneagram. And so I started teaching the Enneagram um, to small groups. And then people were like, so where'd you get your certification? I was like, oh, I should get a coaching certification. (laughs) Then I became a certified Enneagram coach. And then... I started coaching and talking about the Enneagram rather than just the mugs. Cause when I talked about just the mugs, I had maybe 300 followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But um, when I started talking about the Enneagram itself, I think people were really drawn to that because it was still kind of new. Like it was at the beginning, like when Enneagram and coffee first launched and stuff like that. So um, yeah. And I started just talking about the Enneagram itself and that was about January, 2019 that I really started like posting on Instagram. Um, And it's just grown from there. Yeah. Yeah. It is really crazy how um, 
much Instagram has influenced the popularity of Enneagram. But I think people just see it and it's so different than any other personality you know like where it's like oh wow this gets me better than like how does this get me so much how does this meme characterize my soul in a flash yeah and I think that's so like that's why I'm drawn to it and it's also why sometimes on Instagram I get so frustrated when there's so many just like like I like memes they're funny but then sometimes I'm like but that's not the thing that's not it you know Mm -hmm. that can be a real challenge but Oh yeah, I'm sure you're like, it's so much deeper than that. So in your <laughs> bio, you used the word um, concise with, with the Enneagram or like, you know, in your communication and concise. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I picked that word because as like a super amateur Enneagram enthusiast, mm-hmm. I end up having these conversations where, you know, you know, I'm at the level where I just want to know everybody's Enneagram and yeah. I'm just like, I can understand you better if you can just tell me like, I'm a four. I'm like, okay, I know how to communicate with you. I know how to love you. I know how to, um, but a lot of people still don't know. And so then it turns into, they're like, well, what is that? I keep hearing about it. And then like 30 minutes later, somehow I'm still talking about it, but I haven't really explained it very well at all. Yeah. So like, what is your kind of like elevator pitch when you run into someone and they're like, what's the Enneagram? Yeah, I basically just say the Enneagram is a system to understand yourself and others better. And it's based on nine core motivations. So rather than another personality test that might be based on behavior, the Enneagram is about core motivation. And so there are nine types that help you understand what makes, like, what's your why, like, why, what makes you tick. And then um, it's actually really growth oriented. So it also shows you where you need to grow and helps you figure out how to get there. Well, that's a way better job than I'm doing. You must, you must have a certification or something. Um, so do you get the question then kind of after that? Well, I mean, you do a really good job of explaining why. So like, what? because the people will go like, well, what's the point of knowing mm. your Enneagram? Yeah. yeah, and I think that like... I think for me, I I always go back to that growth aspect or um, the impact that it's had in my life, right? Like talking about that transformation. So saying like, it really helped me and my husband um, figure out our communication so that we can actually get along a lot better because we understand. No. Okay. What are you married to? He's an eight. He's an eight. A three and an eight. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Nonstop thrill ride. Bless your marriage for its eternal. Oh my gosh. I think it's, I was raised by an eight. My mom's an eight. Okay. Um, and so like, I will get uh, falsely, like sometimes depending on like the test, it has said like, oh, you're an eight. I'll get like false casted mm-hmm. as like a seven and an eight. But I'm like, no, when I read through like the road back to you, like definitely not an eight, but like yeah I married to one. that's interesting yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah no it's great I mean it, yeah it, it works really well for us because I think the thing about a three eight combo is um you're so used to being told you're too intense your entire life mm. that finally you're with someone who like you're not too intense for each other I mean sometimes yeah still we're both too intense for the other in, in certain ways but um it's like you, you find yourself matched in that. And so that's really, really helpful, I think. Yeah, that is really beautiful. 
And now I want to be married to an eight. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what type is your husband? He's a nine. He's a nine. Okay. So like he can, he'll, he has threeness in him. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't like get overwhelmed by my threeness, but you know, like his, this quarantine situation is really funny because like, he is just like, I think you just need to take this time to rest. And I'm like, no, are you kidding me? Now is the time we need to be like moving. And I don't know what I'm moving for, but I'm like, yeah. so, but yeah, it, it is so helpful because like last week when kind of this shit was hitting the fan and we're like, oh, wow, are we all going to be quarantined? What's this going to look like? Um, everything was just like about to set me off. And so kind of coming back to this, like, well, what's the point? So there's that surface level, like, wow, she's really stressed or that person is really stressed. And a lot of people who can tell, like, everything is just irritating them to like level 10. They go like, oh, I'm just under a lot of stress. Yeah. But knowing that I'm a three, I was able to kind of go like, okay, so I want to fire all of my employees I I love them all. But like the reason that I am saying like really reactive stuff, like let's just fire everybody. Everybody's pissing me off is because like I need action. I don't have any threes Mm -hmm. in for me. And so like, that is what I do under stress is like, I just need to see action. Tell me like, Hey, I organized this closet. Hey, I did this. And like, and nobody was giving me enough visible action. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was nice to be like, okay, hold on. Mm-hmm. This is why you're feeling this way is because you're stressed and you think you just need this like frantic movement and action to be taking place. Nobody else, that's their default right now. And so yeah. it was just helpful to go like, okay, I understand why. And like, you know, I was able to come down from it a little bit. Yeah, totally. I mean, and that, that's why the Enneagram is so helpful, especially as a leader. Um, So when I was, you know, like I mentioned, I um, was working at an organization that had great professional development and I was a manager in that organization. And so I was 23 when I became a manager, didn't know the Enneagram at the time. And um, I literally, it was like, if you're not falling over dead at the end of the day, you haven't worked hard yet. Mm -hmm. And like, that was like totally my mind frame and like my perspective. And so now knowing the Enneagram, I'm like, Oh, that's super unhealthy. Like that's unhealthy for me. And it's unhealthy to have that expectation of my people. Um, so it's so fascinating to like learn the Enneagram and to understand like, and, and you're able to like take that pause and be like, okay, actually this is how I'm feeling, mm-hmm. but this is what I need to, <laughs> this is why I'm feeling that way. And yeah, yeah it is a beautiful system and framework. So, okay. So during this time, um, it's hard with Enneagram podcast because you kind of have to go through like all nine, nine. but like, but I'm okay with that. I'm here. So the main question I have is like during this time of chaos and uncertainty, what kind of fears and motivations, like, and what's that going to look like in each type? Yeah. Yeah. So the interesting thing is um, there are a couple ways to look at it because obviously the core motivation for each Enneagram type remains steady, but then what they do with it is kind of where it can be either amplified or they might move into their stress number. So um, 
for people who aren't super familiar with the Enneagram, um, each of the types, one of the reasons actually it's so dynamic is that each of the types has a number that they move to or different type that they move to in stress and a different type they move to in security. So when they're feeling really good and secure and like they're healthy, they um, move to their security type. And then when they're move, they're feeling really stressed and pressed, they move toward their stress number. So each of the types can be stressed in their core type and can be a little bit stressed in their security or their stress type. Um, and so I can kind of talk through like just quick points about each of those, because I think it's helpful um, to understand the different ways that you move through the Enneagram. That's interesting because if you don't know your number, you could be talking about like what a one is, what a one is likely to be experiencing right now, but they may not be a one. They might be what goes to one during stress. Uh, type seven. Okay. So they may be actually a seven, but they're going like, oh my gosh, that's so me. I must be a one. Yeah. And then they're going to go out in the rest of the world and be like, I don't feel like a one fits me very well. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and actually that's one of the interesting things is um, I've heard it taught that for people who've experienced a lot of trauma, they actually live like they look like they're their stress type. And then once they start to get healthier, they realize, oh, I'm actually this type. I was living in stress. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk, let's talk through them. Yeah. So type one. So when ones are in their core type and, and they're feeling stressed as a one, they go around and start perfecting everything. So they are going to make everything sparkling clean or super perfect. I mean, I'm sure you've seen those, um, the schedules being passed around for like the moms and homeschooling their kids. Those are the ones. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, any type could create a schedule and try to abide by it um, for different reasons, but ones are the ones that are like, no, I'm going to perfect, perfect this. I'm going to make it absolutely the best it can possibly be. And they work tirelessly to do that. Um, and then when one of my really best friends is a one and it is, I like literally sent her a card, which is not something I normally do. Cause I'm just like, she coaches a bunch of chiropractic women. And I'm just like, I can see through the internet that you are working your ass off to just like yeah. support and produce and support and produce. And I'm just like, whoa, like girlfriend, yeah. good job. Well, yeah. And if you're saying that, it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Right. Exactly. If I see it. And I yeah. So then, um, when ones are really stressed, they move toward um, their stress number. That's type four. And so they actually can get really depressed and really um, start feeling really in touch with their deeper feelings, but can be really, really melancholic and like feel like everything is pointless. Um, so that's the low side of four. Or if they are str under stress, but they're engaging with some health, um, they can also tap into that, like the healthier aspects of type four, which um, means they get in touch with their deeper feelings and they're more able to engage creative problem solving. Okay. So I know this is a really complex way to talk through this, but like when you're talking about the Enneagram types and stress, it's just like so necessary to kind of go through all of it. Yep. This, this is not an amateur level in like episode. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you have like another one. That's like a, like an intro or something. Yep. Um, so yeah. So type twos, um, when they get stressed in their own type, they do everything they possibly can to help everyone else. Like they just exhaust themselves trying to be everything to everyone because they're feeling really frenzied about helping others. 
Um, but at the same time, they have like this growing resentment that nobody's helping them. Mm-hmm. Um, How does that look like, especially during, um, like, you know, so many of the listeners are healthcare providers. Yeah. Like, how is that during this time going to, like, really specifically look? Yeah. Are they, so maybe, like, they, you know, have set hours that their clinic is normally open, but then they're like, oh, if you want to come in anytime, I'll literally be there. Okay. Um, to the point where they're exhausting themselves. Um, mm-hmm trying to be everything that everyone needs them to be. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. And then when they're, they're stressed, they can um, tap into some healthy type eight characteristics, which is having a little bit more self-confidence, setting some really healthy boundaries. Um, and that's really good for them. And then also, you know, type eights typically are able to see how they they specifically need help themselves and how they can help themselves because eights are pretty self-reliant. So twos can be more focused on self-care when they tap into the healthy side of eight. And then they can also... Do twos need to be taken care of? Like if I had a friend who I thought was a two, Mm -hmm. would like, I'd be like, hey, can I bring you a cup of coffee? Or like, they care about that? Or Yeah. So twos, I think... Like if you offer to bring a two a cup of coffee, they'll say no. And then they'll but, say, but I'll bring you a cup of coffee. Right. right. All right. But like they actually want that, but they don't ever feel like they've done enough to deserve it a lot of the time. And um, so they feel like they have to help you. Like you can't help them. If that makes sense. Yep. Got it. But they actually do crave that affirmation and being seen for who they are and not for what they do for people. So, um, it's always really affirming for it too. If you reach out and say, reach out first, instead of reacting to them, reach out first to them and say, Hey, how are you? Um, I'm going to stop by and bring you a cup of coffee or from a social distance, whatever <laughs> it on your porch. So. Yeah. Um, how do you then, love one during this uh, time? How do you, how do you love a one? Um, I'd say when they're feeling really frenzied and crazy and trying to perfect everything, to an extent, it can be saying, okay, I understand that's what you need to do. Like, that's important for you. And to an extent, you could also say, like, um, let me take on these three tasks for you. Take them off your plate. And, and they'll let you? <laughs> well, not necessarily. But, okay. but as ones are growing and, and they're healthy, they'll learn to delegate a little bit. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, so just like allowing them. So like kind of one of the worst things you could say to a one is like, that's good enough. Just like, just put that out there. Like that's, that's fine. That's good enough. Cause they really need it. Yeah. 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 And I think ones, I mean, ones do need that advice sometimes like the done is better than perfect advice. Yes. Um, but also I think that there's a level of processing going on when they are cleaning. Like I think it's Dr. Richard Rohr, who's like a an Enneagram scholar, not doctor. Yeah, Richard Rohr is a common name in our household. My husband is so sad. He was going to go to his center for contemplation oh, event yeah. in May and it got canceled. Oh, man, that's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. So when um, Richard Rohr talks, he's, he's a one. And so I, I heard him say this quote one time. It was like, um, when the world's going to hell in a handbasket, you can find me scrubbing my bathroom floor. Hmm. But the thing about that is 
sometimes they need that. They need to process in whatever way. So there needs to be a level of understanding when it's unhealthy, but there's also a level of like, this is the thing I can control. So I'm going to make it the best I possibly can and process through that and then move on. Got it. Yeah. Um, so then with type twos, yeah, like when they're really stressed and like they're moving to the unhealthy side of their stress type, type eight, they get really controlling and really demanding about their needs. Um, and so, you know, that could be like, I'm showing up for you. Why aren't you showing up for me? Like, and really, really trying to control everything in that sense. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it just makes so much sense. Like anytime I hear an expert talking about it or I'm reading about it, I'm just like reminded where I'm like, okay, I got a really weird text from a friend of mine who's a two. And I'm like, and it was a very annoying text as a three. I was just like, oh my gosh, feelings stop. You know, and I was like, oh, okay, that's right. This is, she's being very eight ish. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Twos are trying to like come in and cash on in on all those favors. <laughs> <laughs> I have supported you. And you. This is what I need from you. Like, okay. Yeah. Oh man. So type threes, let's talk about us for a sec. Um, so type threes in their core type when they're stressed, get real competitive, maybe a little cutthroat and they kind of, um, they want to make sure they're still getting the attention that they need because they thrive on that attention. So they're like making sure that people know how they're thriving in this time or how they're um, like being successful or, or, or like what they're doing and, and they want people to know, you know, mm-hmm. when they're stressed. And then um, the low side of type nine. So they threes move to type nine in stress um, or they look more like type nine in stress. The low side of that is they are just like, kind of like ones where they're just like, everything is pointless. I can't do anything. They become really apathetic and neglect everything in their life and just veg on the couch basically. Yep. So I could see a lot of threes that were kind of forced it like out of work. Yeah. Um, kind of going there last week when we weren't sure if we were going to be able to still be open. Yeah. Um, I had like that kind of panic attacky type moment. And then the next day I was just like, just like, I don't, I literally turned on failure to launch with the uh, yeah. Jessica Parker at like eight yeah. 30 in the morning. My seven-year-old came out and kind of called me on it. She was just like, why are you watching a movie right now? Like, I'm like <laughs> feels right. And my husband had to be like, how about you go for a run? You have like, and I'm like, Yes, but it was, you know, that kind of like kicked me back into three. And now that yeah. you know, I'm still working, I think I, um, I'm avoiding nine because I'm just keeping busy with work. Yeah. And able to just keep working. Yeah, totally. But, but also like you can tap into the high side of type nine, right? So you can tap into those healthy traits of type nine, which is instead of driving forward full speed, um, kind of taking a step back and thinking, okay, what's a balanced approach to this? Or how can I take a little pause first before I jump in? How can I make sure that, um, you know, everyone is, you know, kind of at peace and everyone is feeling good before I I go forward. And sometimes that can be really helpful um, for threes. I know in my life, I've found that to be helpful at times. And then other times I'm like, I have a big deadline and I'm going to go make cookies, (laughs) you know? 
Yep. So, yeah, it, it's, it's tough. Literally last night I had so much work to do and I was like, oh my gosh, you know what I have to do right now? Chocolate, chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> and then I was like, no, no, you're procrastinating. Yep. <laughs> you're stressed. Nine out right now. No. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it can be a challenge, but we can, we can. So how do you love it. and support a three? If you know a three during this time, what's kind of showing up for them and like, how do you support them? Yeah. One, um, showing up for them sometimes means helping them. Like if they're really stressed about something, jumping in and saying, Hey, let me, let me come alongside you in this. Um, two, I actually had this really heartbreaking message on Instagram. Somebody said, I don't rest because I'm never celebrated for it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that is awful. That's and also that shouldn't be why you do anything, but you're right. going to look at that in time. <laughs> um, but I, I think seeing them resting and then celebrating them for doing that. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And like maybe giving them a, even a little nudge, like, why don't you go and like your, your husband, go for a run. That's self-care for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Or take a bath or whatever is self-care and restful. Uh, have you seen frozen too? No. Okay. You don't have kids. No, I don't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can watch it anyways. It's really good. Uh, so I don't think I, this will not be a spoiler alert. I promise. But you know, the general characters, Christoph. Yeah. Okay. Well, everybody else listening it. So there's this moment we've seen frozen Two probably like 30 times now. Sure. And um, there's this moment towards the end where Anna, Anna, who's the redhead, not Elsa, the snow queen, her like, boyfriend basically gets her out of trouble and the very first thing he says he doesn't ask any questions even though she is causing a ruckus like she's just causing some very questionable shit and he like scoops her up and he says like how can I help and I turned to my husband and I said that is the most romantic line in this entire <laughs> yeah. and he's like what no it's not which is funny yeah. my husband immediately had a visceral reaction of like no it's not I have a different line that's the most <laughs> romantic line yeah. uh, but I was just like he doesn't like question. He doesn't call her out. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? He's just like, how can I help? And I'm like, oh, that would be wonderful. I just want somebody to come and just say like, yeah, how can I help you? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think threes really love that. And they really need that. And I honestly, I was actually on a podcast last week when somebody was like, so, you know, how do you end up resting? And I was like, well, the problem is a three planned my schedule. So it's kind of hard because even if I do want to rest, I can't because I have all of these deadlines that I have packed together. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so having, having a little bit help of help and a little bit of um, encouragement to let go of some things that you're maybe holding on to a little too tightly. It's really helpful. Got it. Um, my husband is really good at that because he's able to see what is essential and then what is like peripheral. Okay. Really helpful. He's like, cut and that. really frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> and, but he can like stand as an eight, he can like kind of stand up to you in his confidence and be like, no, this is, mm -hmm. so yeah, we can be kind of dominating, but yeah. it's also why I think, um, so many people around me would be shocked to hear that I want like so desperately somebody to just say like, how can I help you? Cause they're like, what? 
you come off like you don't want help at all. And oh yeah. Like, no, I really want to be taken care of. Uh, because on the outside threes are like, I got this. I'm self-assured, whatever. And then underneath it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like frenzied. No people listening can't, couldn't see my face just then, but it was a look of terror. Yep. I got it. Don't worry. This show's really just for me. It's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That's why we have to make sure we move past threes because they're just like, yeah, we know a lot about threes. Get it. Up about them. <laughs> well, don't you think though that like, I, not like any type can be an entrepreneur. Any type can own their own business and run their own clinic and be a, you know, health practitioner in whatever way. But I think there are a lot of people who venture into that, that are probably threes. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of the Rachel Hollis's of the world are threes. Yeah. Yep. Not always, but a lot of them are because we're the performer. Like that's, you know, kind of what, isn't that one of the words that's like when described of like, we need, we need the stage. We need the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also just like getting stuff done. And Mm -hmm. when you find your worth and your productivity, you just get really good at stuff. Honestly. (laughs) (laughs) We're also very humble. <laughs> My husband got me a sticker for Christmas that has, um, it's a three with all the like Enneagram words on it. And I was like, oh, I love it. And I started like looking at the words because like some of them are really small. And like, they were just very honest about the words that they chose, like um, grandiose they used on there. And I'm just like, well, damn, you could have a sticker you could have just made it nice and lighthearted and kept they didn't hold back I know sometimes I'm like oh why am I a three (laughs) you know but that that's how you know you found your type honestly Mm -hmm. when you're like I don't love it but okay fours so fours like when they're actually stressed in their core type they're like you know what I'm they, they vacillate actually. So fours are really interesting. They have like this weird push and pull thing and they actually tend to have two extremes at the same time. So on one extreme, when they're stressed, they're like, I'm worthless. I'm just complete garbage is what they think. And then they also have this extreme of like, I am amazing. Everyone should worship me and follow me and think I'm incredible and extraordinary and all these things. So they kind of vacillate between those two ideas. Interesting. Yeah. And it, it's really can, can be challenging because for fours, as they get healthier, they learn to find the middle ground between those concepts. But when they're really, um, unhealthy or, or in average spaces of, of their, their type, they really vacillate pretty heavily between those two. Um, so then they when retreat. they get fours like retreat, right? Like, or, so they're probably doing pretty fine if they're in quarantine. Like, are fours the no, the ones that are like doing the best in like self isolation <laughs> and quarantine? I feel like fives would actually be doing better because fours, I think, too, they're so focused on meaning and like they really think about concepts like humanity and like existence, mm-hmm. and so they they can really get caught up in like those strong emotional pulls okay. um, that this time period has. Like, and I think. Boris like have this underlying desire. So even though they do withdraw and they don't really move towards people, they have a desire for deep connection with others. And a lot of fours don't even feel like social media or anything like that is genuine. Like mm-hmm. they really want that really deep, meaningful togetherness feeling of like um, being with others. And so when you're 
at a distance, it can be really challenging, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and get really like, they get really nostalgic and sentimental and everything, which can be a really healthy thing for some of us to um, tap into and learn a little bit of. <laughs> yep. Um, so then when fours are stressed, they move toward, they look a little bit more like a type two. So the low side of type two is they become like really, really dependent on other people. So they expect everyone else to meet their needs and it becomes kind of, um, like kind of like that unhealthy two space of like being really demanding, needing a lot of reassurance. Um, but they can also tap into a, a really healthy version of type two and become like more aware of others. And instead of withdrawing and retreating inside their minds, they become more aware of others, more aware of what others need and really kind of having that sense of um, connection and togetherness. Like I was talking about my friend. Um, I, I have a lot of best friends apparently, but one of my real best friends is a four. We figured this out. And uh, she texted me on Monday this week. And she said, um, you know, first, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, and then she goes, how's Kirby doing? Kirby's my husband. Mm-hmm. And I literally said, I don't know. I forgot to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> so she just like laughed. And apparently then she went on to send my husband like a very nice, like just checking in on you Aww. type thing. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't know. I didn't ask. Can you ask him how he's doing? <laughs> like, oh my God. really concerned about me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially you and your business and everything like that. It's just like a stressful time for business owners. Mm-hmm. So feeling that, but it's what it is, you know? <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is the interesting thing about fours. And I think fours are really, um, yeah, they can, they can really get stuck. You know, they can get stuck in, especially working from home if fours are working from home really stuck in like feeling their feelings instead of like doing their work. And when they don't have other people around them looking over their shoulder, it can real they can really get caught up. And so I really recommend that fours um, have a really good morning routine so that they can get their feelings out in the morning and process them and then learn to like set them aside so that they can actually get their, their stuff done. So how to love a four during this time. I'd say check in on them. And then um, I think fours like love snail mail. So I know that the, all the delivery services are, are overwhelmed right now, but sending them a letter or something thoughtful or meaningful would be really helpful for them. Okay. Good. Yeah. So fives. Um, so fives are interesting because when they're stressed, they really like, everything just kind of zooms in and they just fives are want to be self-reliant kind of like sevens and eights. But when the way that fives do it is they, they decrease what they need. So rather than going out in the world and getting more, they just decrease their own needs. So they also really become less concerned about others and what other people in the world might need. And um, they're just like really focused on their own personal security. So do they have what they need? Do they have all the toilet paper? <laughs> Are these the ones that have all the toilet paper? I don't know. I don't know who is ordering the stupid toilet paper. I'm like, you guys, don't you have enough? Like, <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is the shelves are getting restocked. Yeah. It goes out again. Like I would have thought we'd be past this. Like, okay. Like I didn't all the people who buy the toilet paper 
Don't they have it? Or are they coming back right. more? Yeah, that's the question. We legit have four roles in our house. Uh-huh. And so like, I was like really cockily, that's the word? I don't know. A week and a half being like, hi, I only bought what I needed, even though, and now I'm like, shoot, we actually need toilet paper. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I had the, I don't know what I was thinking, but I moved back in July and I packed stuff into the storage unit and I put like an unopened thing, like case of toilet paper in there. I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. So then March 7th, literally I moved again, got everything out of my storage unit. And I was like, Oh, this is perfect. (laughs) Past you was taking care of future you like this. Oh my gosh. And while you're doing it, you're like, I don't know why I'm doing it. Yeah. Like, I'm probably going to roll my eyes later at this, but I haven't rolled my eyes. That was really small. No. <laughs> no, that is like some divine past soul, future soul stuff. Yes. Yes, for sure. Okay. So fine. Are these the ones that can be considered like kind of stingy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So fives can be really generous when they're feeling really good and healthy, but when they aren't, they're like, I need to, save all my resources for myself. So I need to save my energy, my emotions, my time, my financial resources, etc. So they so kind of bring all the in. best at boundaries. Um to an extent, I mean fives and eights both are really have really strong boundaries. Sometimes what doesn't work out so well for them is that their boundaries are so high that they don't actually have um, the type of connection that all humans need. Like they forget that they need that connection and they, they actually, the boundary walls are like way too high. Okay. Um, but fives and eights both actually are good at being like, that is yours to own. This is mine to own, which is super, super important. And something that I think all of the heart types two, three, and four need to kind of learn, you know, like those boundaries. So yeah. A five is a, is that a mind or a gut? Mind. Yeah. Five, six, and seven are, um, the head types. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the interesting thing about fives is when they're stressed, they look more like a type seven. So it's a really weird. That is weird. Anybody who doesn't know the Enneagram is like, why is that weird? But like, I, okay. So when they're stressed, what's the air quotes, bad part of a seven or the, like the, yeah. what's the word you use? Seven just get really like scatterbrained when they're stressed. Like, so the, the, the unhealthy side of type seven is they get real scatterbrained and, um, they don't really connect with people. They just kind of like push everyone away and they, um, kind of just like live in their heads fully. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the low side of seven really like kind of scattered and almost like frantic about like doing more and more, gaining more information, um, gaining more resources, et cetera. They get frantic. Um, and then the high side of type seven though, is that they are able to see more of the possibilities and the importance of like taking what's in their head and putting it out into the world. Um, and so they can tap into more abundance instead of scarcity mindset. Okay. Um, super, super helpful. And they're able to like, kind of see that like, like, and this is like when they're stressed, but they're healthy, (laughs) they're able to be like, oh, okay. Like, it's not all about my little world. Like there is more in life um, than what's inside my head. So, yeah. Okay. 
So how to love a five. Um, fives are tough because like they just don't want invasion of their personal space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think how to love them well is one, bringing them out of that box a little bit, like helping them to get moving, go for a walk, do some breath work, something like that. But also how to love them well is to not be offended when they do need to retreat. Because I think fives do care about other people. They're very kind, but people misunderstand their need to like process and isolate a little bit as like that they're mad or something. Yep. Or that like, you don't, you know, so they, like I said, like they might be very easily quarantined, like, well, I'll see you in six weeks. Um, and you're like, yep. oh, don't, don't you care about me? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. How is that so easy for you to just be like, yeah, I'm just not going to see you during this time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think fives too are the ones who are getting really frustrated with how much misinformation is out there about everything. And, um, the COVID-19 and all that kind of stuff. Like they're mm-hmm. like, ah, but, but they are not always the first to say something. Okay. Yeah. Um, sixes, you know, it's funny. I was talking like, it seems like sixes would be really prepared for this. And I was talking with a friend the other day, who's a six and, um, she's like, I am calm, like, and ready and prepared for the most part. And then also I have like this crazy, like level of anxiety because sixes are buying the toilet paper. Probably. (laughs) And they actually bought it like six months ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, they, they become like kind of panicky when they're, they're really stressed. Um, because, they're like, oh no, all of my worst fears are coming true. And I don't have a plan for this, even though they actually probably do have a plan because they've been prepping and preparing for this. Um, but that's kind of why sixes look at the worst case scenario. It's not because they want to be a downer. It's because they want to be prepared. Like they What's want the underlying fear and motivation of a six for security and safety. Okay. Mm-hmm. Both personal and for their community. Oh my gosh. Poor six. Yeah. The sixes I are know. really not doing well. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of sixes, I think are having a bit of a tough time. Um, and so when they get stressed, they tap into some healthy and unhealthy characteristics of type three. Mm -hmm. So the unhealthy type three, right. Is that they are working, 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 doing too much. They are like a little duck that's like on the surface going across and underneath they're like pedaling as fast as they possibly can because or even like, it's almost like they're on a hamster wheel, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, they're just going so like panicked. Yep. Um, but then they can also take on the high side of type three, which is having a little bit more confidence, having some, um, like confidence in their own preparation. And then, um, they stop second guessing themselves and actually like take action. Um, so that's kind of the healthy side of, of the type three. Okay. And they go to nine when they their security. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just kind of interesting. The threes, sixes and nines often actually end up in relationships together because they have that. I asked if you were married to a nine because almost every three that I've had on the podcast, we ended up figuring out they were married basically to a nine. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. I kind of, yeah, I think it, it's pretty common, but I also think it can be a challenge when, um, you are 
both going through your stress and security cycles and you're like chasing each other around that little triangle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was nining for like 10 minutes last week, my husband was threeing and I was just like, okay, your productivity right now is really annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you just three somewhere else. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because like, and we literally talk like this too. Like, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like when, when we like talk about it with our spouses, um, yeah, it can be, it can be challenging because, um, you always have that confidence, right. As a three, you always kind of have that self-assuredness and like confidence and, and everything. And then when you're suddenly like, Oh no, I don't know what to do then your spouse is like, wait, what? You're, you have all the confidence. You, you're, you know what to do now. I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it can be really challenging. Um, but to love a six, I think is to like reach out and, and to hear them out, like hear their what ifs, um, especially like if they're, they're working and they are, um, you know, still in their, in their practice and everything. And they're like, Oh my gosh, like, how do I process this? How do I think through this? And, um, they just like are feeling really, really stressed to hear their, what if statements, their, their questions, their panic, instead of saying, no, 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 that's not going to happen. Just process it with them and hear them. Mm-hmm. And, um, that is really helpful for sixes. Yep. Instead of being like making them feel bad that they need to talk about like okay so if the president announces this then we would do this with the staff but if they go this way like just be like mm-hmm, then that would be the plan for that and like that would be yeah that. just letting them process and plan it yeah yep. super helpful um so type sevens so kind i wish i was I oh my gosh doesn't everyone well i've heard that I think threes wish they were sevens. Yeah. It's my theory because a lot, I've heard people be like, nine is the one that everyone wishes they were. And I'm like, nine? No, no. I want to be a seven. I want to be like drinking martinis on a yacht and not having to Instagram it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's so funny. I mean, anytime I take a test, which I don't recommend taking tests to find your type in general, but I love taking tests. So it's just, it is what it is. Um, and not just Enneagram tests. Like I like taking tests. Just, it's just a thing I like. Um, but anyway, I always score highest in type seven, but I know I'm a three, but I always score highest in type seven, but my mom was a seven. So. Oh, okay. Oh, that would be fun. Like yeah. they're all fun, but like, yeah. Um, okay. So sevens, what? Yeah. So type sevens, um, when they're really stressed in their type, they really want all of their needs met immediately. Like they don't want to wait. They don't want to, um, worry about, you know, what's coming or, you know, they don't want to think about like, Oh, I can have a cupcake tomorrow. They're like, I want a cupcake right now. Like from whatever, whatever the case may be. So they're really processing like, um, they feel panicked because they're worried that their needs aren't going to be met. So they become really impulsive about actually getting everything for themselves. Um, and so, so they might also be buying the toilet paper. Yeah, (laughs) could be. Um, and so they feel like, like the amount of pain and grief and, 
um, emotion that's going around right now is really hard for seven. So they're like, Oh, just ke- keep moving. It's going to be fine. It's, it's totally fine. Just keep moving. Like I'll just, you know, drink more, eat more, work out more, work more, whatever. They just do more of everything. So they don't have to feel that, um, because they have the same underlying anxiety that sixes and fives do, but they just process it differently. Yeah. Yeah. It is so interesting. I'm so seven ish. I also will get seven a lot on quizzes and it, my husband had to send me because there's on the Enneagram Institute, like threes and sevens get like falsely typecasted. And like, I read through this just horrific on the Enneagram Institute does not sugarcoat things at all you know like so I'm reading through this long article about like yep they're like yep threes and sevens definitely get confused a lot and they just started going into like real root reasons behind things and I'm just like I just basically was like no I'm still three but (laughs) I just hate myself just a little bit more type thing but yeah yeah, a lot of that is um because it's the like keeping busy I don't want to feel I don't want to feel I just want to produce I just want to like same thing yeah. I mean, and you read those um, articles too, when it like is talking about your relationship and you're like, Oh, we're doomed. We're for sure doomed. <laughs> so, so funny. But anyway, so um, when sevens are stressed and they like move toward type one as their stress type, um, the high side of type one is that they actually follow through on their plans and projects and they um, are getting stuff done because sevens can be really, really good starters and not very good finishers of projects. Um, so they, the high side of type one, they become more concerned about people and like actually make decisions more methodically, but the low side of type one and like the more unhealthy characteristics of type one is that they get really judgmental and really, really nitpicky and perfectionistic about what they're working on. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they insist that there's only one right way to do it and they know the right way and they will like bulldoze everyone else. It's so easy just to see yourself in so many different types. This is like the entry level to the Enneagram has got to be like, well, I think I'm all of them. Yeah. Is that where? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, people all the time, like I'll meet them and, you know, tell them briefly what I do. I try not to get into it too much. They're like, okay, well, what's my type? And I'm like, Oh, I mean, (laughs) isn't a party trick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's start with your relationship with your mother. Like, (laughs) I'm like, tell me your worst fear. And they're like, "Ah." (laughs) (laughs) that's a good conversation. Yep. Oh my God. Shuts them up though. Just kidding. What are seven (laughs) worst fear? Um, of being trapped in pain or boredom. Oh, okay. And for a lot of sevens, Boredom feels physically painful. So they are not doing okay if they are being quarantined right now. No, no. They're having a real hard time. Check on your sevens. Check on your sevens. Make sure they're doing okay. Send them a bottle of champagne through Drizzly or something. Like <laughs> they, they are needing a little bit of encouragement. Um, but maybe it's also time for seven to have all these amazing ideas all the time to actually start something and finish it because they're feeling a little stressed. They're tapping into that type one and they're like, Oh, I'm going to do this and like actually tap into it and do it, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's really good. But, but sevens have a really hard time with being trapped in the house. Like it is not great. So. Yeah. And that's where like, I go like, okay, 
I, I de- like I idolize the concept that like, oh, maybe I will be forced to stop working and then maybe I'll actually rest. And I'm like, oh, I will. But like, I mean, between you and I, we know I wouldn't. I think I would. But like, I idealize the concept that like, maybe somebody will force me to just yeah. sit and do nothing in my house. And I'll- yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe. That, I mean, it hasn't happened for me yet. But you know, you know, good. Um, Just start a yeah. business. <laughs> start a new business. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. So, so love a seven by planning a call with them, planning to play a game. Um, my family, we play games on Facetime and virtually and stuff. So, um, yeah, do something like that. Yeah. Um, type eights. So. Eights, when they're stressed in their own type, they are really, really concerned for their own safety and um, self-protection and vulnerability. So eights in general, they're motivated by protecting themselves. And so when like eights can tend to have when they're stressed, a really every man for themselves type of mentality. Um, But they also have very much like a like they want to protect their loved ones as well. Mm-hmm. So the worst thing that could happen to an eight is for something to happen to one of their loved ones and the eight not be able to protect them. So they're feeling really stressed. They might also be buying the toilet paper, honestly. Um, so everybody's buying the toilet paper. Everybody's buying the toilet paper for different reasons. <laughs> the threes are buying it so they can resell it on eBay. Yeah. This is a good business model. <laughs> yeah. You might get arrested, but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, so eights are really, really stressed about, um, that vulnerability aspect of it. Um, and they don't want to feel vulnerable to a disease or they don't want to feel like their practice that they've built is vulnerable to, um, being dismantled by something like this. So that's really tough. Um, but when they go to their stress type, they move a little bit more toward type five. So the high side of type five is helpful because they step back and they gain more perspective. So instead of just seeing their own tunnel vision, they are able to take a little bit of a break, take a step back and like kind of have a wider perspective. Um, And they, yeah, they're they're able to like kind of take some rest and um, to conserve some of their energy. And then the low side of type five is that they are really, really out of touch with their feelings and out of touch with the people around them. And they become like almost um, like neurotic about gaining information and like learning more about what's going on. Watching the news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, it, it's tough. I mean, I think it is tough for eights again, like kind of like fives, I, in sevens, I guess it's like really hard for them to feel vulnerable and their reaction to that sometimes can be a little bit like they're get a little bit, um, hyperactive in, in protecting themselves. So you can love an eight by, let's see what do eights need right now. I think eights tend to take on responsibility in their households a lot. And so you can love an eight by taking on some responsibility, kind of like what you would do for ones. And so that they have less that they feel stressed about. 
Um, so taking on something and then, um, just reaching out and checking in and, and not even like being very genuine, like it's hate when people are like sugarcoating things, you know, but, um, being really genuine and just reaching out and saying, Hey, like, how's it going? And, and not being too touchy feely about it, but, um, kind of having some connection with them. Can you like, is it helpful to try and like force an aid into vulnerability and being honest? Like, is there any point in breaking down the wall or they don't need you to break down that wall? Like they're good with the wall of vulnerability. Yeah. I mean, you can't force Nate to do anything. You can invite You're not them. allowed to typecast children, but <laughs> I have a five-year-old who is, she is so eight, I can't even. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Love her dearly. That is so funny. Yeah, I mean, you can't force them to do anything, but you can. One thing that sometimes eights, that helps threes, sevens, and eights tap into more vulnerability is to go first. So if somebody else says, like shares how they're feeling, um, then sometimes it's kind of an invitation for eights to kind of process that as well. But eights are really good about choosing who they will process things with and who they won't. So if you are not in that tight circle, then it'll just say, Oh, I'm good. I'm fine. Yep. Um, but if you are in the tight circle, then you'll, you'll see a different side. Got it. Um, so type nines, finally. Um, so type nines, did you know that they're the most stubborn type? I didn't know they were the most stubborn type. It makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> Why, when I read nines, like Kirby, again, my husband, read four books before he learned that he was a nine. Yeah. Like heard about this, took tests, like five-way tie, and then like yeah. a three-way tie second place. Read yeah. Brewer Back to You, read Richard Roars, read another one. Read, so like, yeah, he's literally read, I think, four or five different books on the Enneagram. And finally, we're like, all right, you're a nine. So, yeah, but I didn't know they were stubborn. So in my coach, like my coaching services, one of the things I do is typing sessions where I sit on zoom with someone and we process through their life and, and determine their type. And most of the time, like 90% of the time they're type nines. That wait, that need a typing session. Yeah. Because a really hard time finding their type. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because nines really, they see every perspective. And so they can see themselves a little bit in every type. Mm-hmm. And um, they often aren't super tuned into like their actual, you know, inner voice and, and, and who they really are. They're not super in tune with that a lot of the time. So like not super self-aware to be able to take yeah. it and be like, no, this is actually what I would do type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a way to say that than saying they're not self-aware, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but they, they're stubborn because like, if you tell a type nine or like, if you ask a type nine to do something and they don't want to do it, they're like, Oh, mm -hmm." and then they don't do it. So they smile and nod and then they just won't do it because they do not want to be controlled. They want independence they want to be at peace and aligned with people, but they don't want anyone to be able to like, you know, tell them what to do because they, they want their own inner peace as well. 
I need to stop hiring and marrying nines. I have like, out of my employees, I think I have like four nines. Oh my gosh. I just surround myself with nines. And now I'm like, those motherfuckers. That's why they don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what other types are on your team? Um, I have one, one. Okay. I have one, two, three, four nines and two twos. Okay. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. I mean, That's they're all one. amazing, but yeah. like, yeah, I could, you know, and I don't know if I would hire a three or eight. Like, I think the competitiveness in me would see someone in an interview and be like, mm, alpha female, uh-uh, we're going to clash heads type of thing. But like, yeah. Yeah, I got yeah. a bunch of nines and twos. Yeah, I mean, the, the hard thing about that, I mean, the good thing about that is they're really there for people. They're oh, there for you. In a service industry, like I could see why, yeah, when I'm hiring these people to like care for other people, I'm like, yeah. they're amazing at their job, that part of their job. When I'm like, yeah. we should be coming up with ideas. We should be like doing stuff during this like quarantine time. We should be like maximizing our systems and procedures. And they're just like, whoa, oh, you need to like. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that can be tough, but, um, I never recommend hiring based on Enneagram type, but if you had a type six, that might be a really great balance for your team. Mm -hmm. I could see that because sixes are super, super, super responsible, kind of like ones, but they're more likely to, um, I mean, sixes can be challenging on teams too, because they'll tell you all the things that might go wrong. And then you're like, Oh no, like, and, and for you, it might, be, it might just be like, like for you, the reaction might just be like, shut up and do it. Like, you know what I mean? But sixes can be really helpful because they're so responsible and detail oriented, kind of like ones, but they bring a different energy than ones do. So I think I would like that too, because right now um, I don't have anybody who will necessarily stand up and go like, okay. How do you want us to handle if this happens though? And I actually do receive it pretty well. And I'm like, oh, that's an interesting point. I'm glad you brought that up. So my one is typically the only one who like feels okay enough to be like, okay, love it. Yes. What about this? Well, how do you want us to handle that? And I'm like, oh, didn't think about that. Cause I just want to like take off running. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah. why are you all running with me? Yeah. Yeah. You need that troubleshooting energy. Like ones have it. Um, twos are real. They're all really hard workers just in different ways. Um, but sixes are really great for that. So anyway, back to nines. Right. Back to nines. <laughs> um, we love nines. They, um, when they're really stressed though, they are using most of their energy, especially right now to keep the peace. So they are really having this force that's like, it's like they're pushing one wall away on one side and the other wall away on the other side. So, um, all the information, like everything that's pouring in, they're really, really trying to suppress everything so that they feel at peace. And that's tough. Mm -hmm. Um, because that they end up like not having any, any energy left for anything else. So they tap into type six when they're stressed. The high side of type six is that they're actually more outspoken um, and will speak up on their own behalf and like troubleshoot and kind of um, like more security oriented, more focused on that. So that's really helpful. Um, and 
in, in, in a healthy way. So they're not going to merge, but they're going to be like, all right, what do we need to do to keep the community safe, to keep everyone functioning and healthy and doing well? Yeah. And the low side of type six is that they get really just overwhelmed by the anxiety of everything. Um, and they just react out of gut instinct instead of like actually making a plan and like moving forward. Um, so that's really challenging for nines and to love a nine during this process, I would say, um, give them like a little time in the morning, especially to set up a routine and to actually like get themselves started. And, um, so they can rely on that as like keeping their peace so that they don't have to exert all their energy later in the day to manage chaos. So like a morning routine is going to be is really essential yeah. for a nine. Okay. Yeah. And that's good. My husband has a very good routine. I'll stop giving him a hard time, but like, I guess I'll just make the girls breakfast while you're meditating. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. I can love him. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's man. All right. We made it through them. Made it through. And it took, it always takes a little longer than you expect, but you know, it's, it's deep. It's not, yeah. like I said, it's not a, a party trick. It's not a yeah. personality test. It's like, it's deep understanding of fears and motivations. And yeah. So, well, Steph, tell people where they can find you. Yeah. So, um, I am on Instagram at nine types co and you can find me online at nine types.co. That's my website. Um, do you still sell coffee mugs? I do. Yeah. I was like, do I, I, they're on Etsy. Okay. Um, cause Etsy is like a really cheap way to like host them instead of paying for site or whatever. Um, working on like some ideas to revamp that, like I would love to make different products, but we'll see in due time. Mm-hmm. But I also, what, what oh, go ahead. I was just going to say like, <laughs> I have helped cause we're a very small town and giving unsolicited business advice. Is this like a three thing too? I can't tell you how many small business owners have come in, you know, and they're like, you know, they just started their restaurant and they're like, I don't really know. And just like completely unsolicited. I'm like, okay. And I like sit down and I'm like, so what if you like did this and helped like four different businesses? I don't know if I've actually helped them, but in my brain. <laughs> yeah. This week. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, so that's actually one of the other things I do. So I, um, have a, basically an organization that I started with another um, Enneagram coach and we help coaches like we coach coaches to get out of their own way to learn how to actually run a business and then build a business. They love, they love that actually makes some money. Yes. So you can also find that on my Instagram. And then I'm launching this week, um, the Enneagram for teams. So because I'm getting my master's in organizational communication, I have been working toward for the last couple of years, um, doing my thesis on team communication in a remote work environment. And it's more relevant now than ever. So gosh, yeah. So I'm using the Enneagram to help people actually learn how to communicate better so they can actually grow as a team instead of just floundering in this weird season that they're in. So will this be a course? Will it be a, okay. There'll be a video course online. So they'll get a workbook and then they'll get videos that they can work through with their teams on a weekly basis. And that's launching when? Tomorrow. 
Okay, so then, so this episode is going to drop on, I believe, hold on, let me look at it, April 5th. So, like, this is live. So, what website do people go to? So, ninetypes.co, and then at the top of the page, you can just click courses, and um, then you'll find that course and then other courses that I offer as well. Awesome. I'm excited about that. I yeah. totally geek out and get that. So Yeah. yeah. Well, Thank you so much, Steph. I really appreciate this like a ton, having never met me or owing me anything to be willing to give, <laughs> give me an hour and a half of your time. Um, of course. And uh, good luck in Sacramento. Like, Thanks. Is there like, uh, you guys have been hit now for a couple. So like, is are people getting, are there less cases being diagnosed? And but, um, There still really aren't a lot of tests, actually. Okay. So like people are like, why didn't you get tested? And I was like, well, because it just, you know, I don't know. <laughs> like it's not a lot of tests. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now, now they are testing people. So there probably will be a huge influx of cases and then we'll start to see it drop. But we've been quarantined since Friday. So two weeks ago tomorrow. Okay. Wow. We've been. And are you yeah. allowed, when are you allowed out? Um, I don't know. It was just until further notice. Yeah. Though, um, to, to my knowledge, though, to be honest, um, my husband and I have both been working from home together since July. So basically nothing has changed because we yep. just both work from home. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, thank you again so much. Uh, she Slayers, go find Steph Baron Hall, the nine types co. Uh, wait, did I say that right? The nine types co um super cool super awesome thank you so so much and thanks uh, for having me hopefully everyone was able to understand everything we talked about and if not email me dm me yeah in the intro i will prep like we go deep we go deep and like we go there fast and you know if you're not into the enneagram someday you will be and come back and listen to this yeah all right until next week she slayers uh good luck out there and stay healthy Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Don't wait.